Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also follow Geo Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee for a behind the scenes look on every episode. That's one word G E O Adventures. It's free to follow, or you can become a member and unlock exclusive posts and information. Your memberships go a long way for helping support the podcast and are greatly appreciated. Hi, everybody. It's Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and with me today is fellow geocacher Steve, the creator of the Travel Bugs Band. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me on. So I'd like to start out asking my guest, what is your caching name? Uh, my caching, well, I've, I've had two in my uh, history. The first was as a family, we cached as The Weeks um, when my kids were younger. But the cache name that I use now, which is for the travel bugs, is the underscore travel underscore bugs. So the travel bugs. So, <laughs> so what are your current stats? I just love numbers and I just like hearing yeah, what people are I, at. I don't have the most impressive stats. I, um, uh, I've over 400, but not 500, uh, total caches. And, um, I don't know if there's specific stats, but I've, I've found most of the different types of caches other than the sort of the rare ones, like the ape ones and things like that. Um, most of my, ca most of my caches are adventures, I feel like. And so I, I don't have a lot of, um, bunches of caches in one day, that sort of thing, those sort of caches. Usually I set out to find a cache, you know, sort of thing. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the fun things about geocaching is everybody can kind of play it a little differently and get what they need to and want to out of it. And it really it evolves uh, for a lot of people, and and I don't think my story is is unusual in that fact because I've um, talked to some other people who start you know started when the kids were little. It was like a very f thing that we did as a family, and we only found the caches that had items to trade. Yeah, it usually involves some big hike that we could go on as a family, and then you know, the kids grow up and lose a little bit of interest, and then suddenly, so you know, you may, you might shift uh, how you geocache or why you geocache. So that's definitely the case with me. How did you get into geocaching in the first place? So it was very very early in the days when it began. Um, a friend of mine just told me about it we were at a party or something and he was telling me his family had started doing it. Yeah, we do this thing. And, and I was, couldn't believe it. I thought, really, you know, how, how can I not know about this thing? That's all over, all over the place. And it just really was really my cup of tea. The whole idea that people were out there hiding stuff and other people were finding it. It had this like clever aspect to it. And so seriously, like within days I went and bought an old Garmin um, or at the time it was new, newfangled uh, Garmin GPS. And we started as a family. I think we we planted a cache. I want to say 2002. So we started near the beginning. You know, oh, wow. it, it wasn't all that old when we started. Wow. So you're a musician. When did you first get into music? Did it start as a kid? Were you a bit older? Everybody sort of has a story, and a lot of times it evolves like their geocaching story does. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. I mean, as as a music was always a part of our life in in my household. My dad played the accordion and the piano, and my mom was handbells in the choir, and we sang. And 
played piano and stuff. And I just always gravitate. I've always gravitated towards music all my entire life. I was the kid that if there's an instrument in the room, I'd be over there trying to figure it out, you know, sort of thing in songwriting. And um, slowly but surely that developed into little music projects with friends, you know, little bands and this and that. And then um, when my uh, kids were very, very young, uh, I started writing some like little kids music for a um, curriculum that they were involved in. You know, it was like oh. a preschool type curriculum. And that kind of, uh, to make a rather long story very short, just kind of took off for a while and organically grew. And actually I gained some uh, success in that and started actually being a musician kind of on the side. And then for a while they were like full time and stuff and touring and that sort of thing. And then, um, and, and so it just grew. That's how the music side grew. And at that, at the, there was a point where I, I didn't have any projects to work on, any music projects. I was kind of like, I don't say writer's block, but I just didn't know what to do next. And um, a friend of mine and I were working on various different projects. And, and this idea came like, you know, I wonder if anybody's ever done like an album of geocaching music. Because I really like the activity. I think it's a really... Uh, positive activity. I like the fact that it's it can be you know very family friendly. I like that it's clever and I really like that it encourages people to get outside. Yeah, and kind of get off the couch and and go hiking and you know, I just think it's a very positive uh, activity for people to do. Um, and so I was like you know maybe I could do that and I I really kind of started researching a little bit like does anyone do this? I don't feel like there's you know room enough for a bunch of geocaching bands, you know, and I found, like, I found that no one was really doing it. And I thought, well, I, I, and so I spent about a year just kind of, you know, writing songs and writing songs. And I finally was like, I'm going to, I'm going to produce an album and see, see what happens. So if anybody's not really familiar with the album, what types of genre of music are we talking about here? And we'll see, this is the beauty of something like music about geocaching, right? Um, in my opinion, and this is the reason I took on the project, um, why I had so much fun, is when you say geocaching music, that's not a genre, right? You're really right. talking, you're just talking about the audience, and it's a pretty diverse audience, so you can kind of do anything, and it really freed me to say, you know, you could do, I mean, and and the the album that I produced is that, I mean, every song is almost a different, there's a country song, there's a techno song, there's a, like a, sort of punk song there's you know a little bit of bluegrass on there and rock and blues I could kind of mix it up because really I was shooting for a group of people that I thought I knew like I kind of know who I think I know what makes these people tick but I was just meeting them I you know before before all of this geocaching was a pretty solitary endeavor for me I'd go out and find you but I never really ran into anyone geocaching yeah. you're always kind of by yourself and so I, so when you say what genre it is, that was one of the beauties of making that project was I could do anything. It's like, if I want to do a reggae song, I can do a reggae song. No, you know, it fits, right? As long as it's about geocaching. It, it does. And it, I, I purchased the album. I personally oh, love the you. album and I love how like geocaching it, there's so many, it's so different. Everything is different. There's different types of music like you said there's something for everybody on it and it it really that mix i feel like it really reflects the game itself i i agree. how you did that yeah. that that is i agree that geocaching is diverse like that i mean 
now that I've really kind of gotten out there through this uh, project and met a lot of people and gone to events and things like that, you start to realize that there's all sorts of people approach it very differently. I mean, there's still people that are like, oh, it's sort of a solitary thing or it's a family thing. And you get some people that are real. I mean, there are people that are very, very specific. Like they're really into like puzzle caches. Like they're so into, like they're very, very passionate about that one thing. And then other people are more about like, um, sort of speed statistics, like trying to, or they've got, they're working on a streak or mm -hmm. they're trying to hit some number. And even within the numbers, you say you're a number numbers person, even within the stats, there's people that focus on very specific stats. Oh yeah. You know, like I, I was talking to someone the other day who like their thing is like, I'm trying to get my average difficulty up. So they're picking harder and harder caches because they're just trying to get their average. up. That's the number they're looking at, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It lets you do whatever you want to do. It really is. It really is. And, and what I love about the numbers is I'm not so much about getting the numbers, but I just love the statistical stuff. I love being, it, it, I'm an engineer by trade. So it okay. feeds in to that engineer nerdiness. It's like, Ooh, charts yeah. and graphs. I yes, love this. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I made that square go green. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so the Travel Bugs Band, when we look at the website, it's very interesting because there's seven travel bugs, but you are the entire band as I came to find out by you. So that's, that's always sort of the dirty little secret that people find because I often get contacted about having the band perform or something like that. Um, when I set out to do the project, it was sort of twofold. One is I didn't want to confuse people that were already fans of my my the family music that I was doing. And so I thought if I put out this thing just under my own name, someone might who's not a geocacher might buy this album and go, what is, you know, and get confused. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I want to have a different moniker. And then I thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun if I, I really just wanted to have fun with it. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun if I just created this band? And the reason there's seven is there's one from each continent. And so I picked an animal from each continent and bought a physical little, you know, hard plastic statue of each animal and actually released travel bugs into the wild, real travel bugs. And I gave each travel bug a mission of getting to its home continent. And um, at one point I had five of the seven on their home continents. Oh, wow. And, uh, so like I gave them a mission saying this, you know, the, the uh, uh, puffin, his goal is to get to Europe. The lemurs, the goal is to get to Africa. And at one point, five of the seven were on there. And so then I just, you know, kind of jumped the shark on it. I wrote backstories. I, I, I think it's on the webpage. I have biographies for them, how they met, you know, what instruments they play and just was trying to have fun with it, you know, might, might as well. It is. It's fun. It's very interesting. And then when you go on the site and you start poking around, you see pictures of the little guys and when you click them you get to actually go discover them on their geocaching page which is pretty cool yeah i that was an idea i had because um eventually all but one of the real travel bugs kind of disappeared you know um the only one that is still traveling around there is the lemur who went to Africa and then went to Europe and and every once in a while someone moves it it still is out there in circulation and in fact, it, it showed up at a gig I played in England 
Oh, like really? the travel book. Someone brought it over and said, here's your travel book. It's come, it's come back home. Um, so that was, that was very fun. So I, I was kind of, you know, sad that I had put all this create, you know, the backstory and, and done all this stuff and they were gone. Like no one yeah. will ever. So I was like, you know, I'm going to make them virtual. And, and, but I wanted, I was like, I want people to have to kind of work for it a little bit. I, I wanted to earn discovering it. So I did. I, I hid them all throughout my website. I thought this will actually be a good way to get people to poke around too, right? It is. It is. I've been poking around quite a bit myself. I'm still trying to find two of them. So seriously, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. All I, I, I just haven't you. clicked on the right pages yet. And I keep yeah. thinking, well, maybe I haven't gone here. I'm like, no, I've been on this page like three times. I haven't seen it good. yet, but I'm gonna I, find it. I'm I'm determined. I hope you're having fun with it. I am. And, and it's, not a, it's, it's not a red herring. They're all there. They're all, on, <laughs> they're all out there somewhere. Okay, so the album found it. Did you write or co-write all the songs yourself on the album? Um, I wrote all those songs. Those are all original songs. So Since the band is really just you, <laughs> how do you record all the instruments do you play them all separately do you hire somebody to come in and play it do you get a group of buddies say hey pizza and beer on me come do yeah. this how does that so, work out you're an engineer you're gonna love this part okay so it's it's basically i play all the i'm a most multi-instrumentalist and in a home recording uh musician and you just build it up so it's kind of uh as an engineer you can think about this you design i have to design it to a pretty detailed level because when I start playing the first thing, let's say the first thing is the drums, <clears throat> I have to know what the rest of the song is gonna be like. It's not like I'm playing with anyone. I'm just playing the drums and in my head, I'm hearing a, a song and then I put down the bass line and then I, and then sometimes I'll even go back and re-record once the song is more developed, say, let me go back and let the bass player have fun. Let him play along with the other instead of, you know, but it, it is one at a time you record one and then layer on, Usually, usually drums and bass come first because that kind of puts down the backbeat and then start layering on keyboards and vocals and guitars and things like that. Okay, very cool. So out of all the songs on the album, do you have a favorite that's just the most fun for you to play? Oh, for me to play. Um, on that album, I, I, I like playing... I think I like playing uh, Took Nothing, Left Nothing, Signed Log. It's just uh, got a fun little riff to it. I like that one a lot. And it's funny because when I perform, sometimes I performed as, as the Travel Bugs as a solo artist. I do basically an unplugged set. Um, okay. I, most recently I did, um, <clears throat> there's a big event in Mingo, the Mingo Madness. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and th they booked me and, and the same thing. They booked the travel bugs and I said, well, turns out there's no band. And they were like, okay, we'll book you anyway. And I just worked <laughs> up, I used a looper to kind of add some things. And that's a very fun one to play, um, you know, as, as a solo set. And also uh, the other one that's a lot of fun is actually the title found it. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's very, it's very fun because of this, the, it's very simple and straightforward and just sort of, so that's a very fun one to play. Um, when I play as a, ba as a band, um, and I do have some musicians I play with uh, as a full band, um, they like, like um, took nothing left, nothing signed long. That's like, I, I know that that question has been asked of them. What's your <laughs> They like that one. But when I'm playing with them, I actually like uh, when we do first to find, I like that one a lot because there's, 
now that I've got a band, it's like, oh, we can get all these like things going, all these harmonies and stuff. So I yeah, I can see how how it took nothing, left nothing with with the beat and everything it's got could be really fun to play. Yeah. One of my favorites is um to whom it may concern. The whole premise behind that, like the first it first started out, I was listening to it. It's like, where is this going? And then I was yeah. laughing by the end of it. Good, good. Bug L guy and his his issues there was <laughs> was just hilarious. How did you come up? Like, where did that? Because it's it's the reverse side of geocaching. It's not the it geocacher's is. view. It's the muggles' view. So, what made you come up with that idea? That was actually the first one that I wrote. Oh really? Um, yeah, and and actually the 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 nugget of the idea, my friend and I that we work on a lot of projects. He's not a geocacher. He's not a musician, but he just kind of good sounding board, good guy to like collaborate with. I was saying, oh, I want to I want to write a song that you know it's got it's funny, will be entertaining. And we were sitting around, and and I think he was the one that said, well, you should do a letter, or no, I, you know what it was? I was like, I want I've always wanted to do a song that's a letter like a series of letters. And he's like, well, you know, what if it's someone complaining about geocaching? It's like, well, I don't want to make it negative, but oh, wouldn't it be funny? You know, and it kind of evolved that way, but it was the first one. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen, I, I did a music video for that. I saw that, yes. Yeah, that, that in my dumb Yes, my that was shot. another one. I was like, I was laughing when I watched that because it's just, it's it's so fun and it's it's, it just, you know, like the song is it kind of like a joke in itself because it's like yeah. jokes on this guy because he's got no right. idea what's going on. Right. And then the lovely, I what I think the website you you said like what was it like a million dollar oh, movie yeah. project <laughs> and you got the stick figure drawings and it was just yeah. hilarious. Is it's just fun. <laughs> Again, as an engineer, you'll probably appreciate in order to do that because the drawing is like really fast. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I actually had to record the song and slow it down to like one third the speed. Really? And played it while I was drawing so I could time everything. So it's really like, <laughs> it's literally that slow. And I'm drawing as kind of as fast as I can and trying to time it. Okay, this, and, and then sped it all up three times as fast. So I'm moving three times as fast, but the music is, uh, is at the right speed. <laughs> I was wondering how that worked out. If you were just, if you had to slow down the music or if you yeah. sped up the video and match the music or how that works. It's kind of both. You slow down the music so you can draw a normal time and time it and then speed the video up three times. And now it'll be in sync with the music, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So on your website, it lists that one of the things that you do is custom songs for geocachers. That is true. That is true. And you have Fiona finds an earth cache. That's one of the custom yes. songs. Yeah. How does that work out when somebody says, Hey, I want a custom geocaching song. Do they come with you with an idea or they, do they just say, I want something, but I have no clue or how does you that know, work? For the, for the most part, it's usually they come at, well, so there's a couple things that happens. One is I've done a lot of uh, like podcast theme songs. Yeah. And those are usually just someone's like, I need some music and I'm tired of using royalty free stuff. And, yep. and I love doing that. And I usually, 
uh, bounce ideas back and forth with the host. And I'll say, you know, what, what kind of music do you want? You know, give, you know, I kind of really look at them for a genre because it's going to reflect the nature of the show. Is it like an upbeat rock show or is it like kind of chill vibe or whatever? And I'll try to match. And then, you know, then I'll try to come up with like, you know, what is the thing? for that song. Cause you got to say a lot in a very short time, Yeah, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. And maybe it's a tagline or something they say in the show or, um, come up with an idea. Uh, the most recent one that I did there was a one in Australia and, uh, we were, and the host and I were bouncing ideas back and forth. And she's like, I kind of want it to be a little bit like minute work. I don't want it to be minute work. I want it to be. And then finally I was like, I, I literally, was like, I was so afraid of inappropriately uh, trying to honor Australian culture, you know, because sometimes you, you think you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, and, and but that's offensive, or you're reappropriating someone's culture. It's like, we don't like when people, we don't, you know, look right. at us that way. And so I literally went to a website and said, what are Australians proud of? Like, what about, what are they proud of? And it was like, okay, they're proud of the Sydney Opera House. Or proud of, and one of them was the Kookaburra. And so I went back to the thing and I said, is this, you know, this is a bird or is, I could put a kookaburra in it. That would be really cool to put it in the song. And she goes, oh, yes. Can you put like the kookaburra laughing at the end of the song? And so, I, and that became the signature of her theme song was this, this kookaburra laugh at the end. She's like, Australians know that. They know, we can hear that <laughs> and that's like, you know. Um, so that's the podcast. Now for the song, like Fiona Finds an Earth Cash, that was part of an effort I had to raise money to get to England to play at GeoCoinFest. Oh. Um, so GeoCoinFest had agreed to book me um, and I was, I was just trying to break even there. I was like, if you'll just pay my expenses, I'll come play. And, uh, but I also made a promise to them and said, if you book me and promise to do this, I promise you that I'll work this year to raise money in any way I can. And any money I raise, I'll give it to you basically to pay me. I'll knock off the bill. And so I, I put, I just tossed it out there. I said, if anybody wants a song written, you know, here's the deal. And this uh, caster from Scotland, um, her caching name is Mrs. Scott Hogg. And uh, she is really, her, her passion, you know, how we talk about people who are passionate about different things is earth caches. At the time I wrote the song, I think she had found 800. I bet she's up to a thousand now. Wow. And she's, she's very adventuresome. She's climbed Kilimanjaro to find a cache. She's goes, you know, sea cave diving and rappelling down cliffs and glaciers. I mean, she's just very, very adventuresome. And so for that one, she really didn't have an idea. She just had some general things. Uh, I, I, she, I want it to be positive. She said, I don't want it to be uh, something where, you know, it doesn't work. Because some of my songs are kind of tongue in cheek, like it didn't quite work out. You know, first, yeah. the first fine guy doesn't get the first fine. It's like, I kind of want it to be positive. I want to share my love of earth caching and encourage other people to do it. And so I went and read her logs. I just went and like spent a night like reading back through all her earth cache logs and saying, oh, she, you know, she ran into a mountain lion in California. Oh, she went into this cave in Scotland. And so I kind of started piecing together. And, and at that point, I had only found one earth cache in Colorado. And it was this cliff that had some fossilized scallops in the wall. And so the first verse was, I said, well, I'll put my own experience in there of this fossilized cliff. And then um, and then the rest of it is all from her logs. And, and I have to say that now I found a ton of earth caches because in doing research, I was like, oh, this is, this is, here's an aspect I didn't consider. 
like I thought, oh, who wants to find those? And then you go like this, if you're into geology and stuff, it's really cool and fun to do. So that's really neat. I love how you pulled from her logs and her experiences and, well, yeah, and put I, that in there. Well, I kind of feel like if, if she's commissioning it, it's her song. Yeah. And that was the other thing I told her, I said, you know, you can do whatever you want to with this song. It's your song, right? This isn't, I won't go, you know, put it on another album unless you tell me to or anything. It's your song. And she, her request was, I would like for it to be made freely available to the geocaching community. And so it is on the website. You can go get it for free. Um, so it, that's, that was her thing. She's like, I've paid for it. You know, it's, it's a song that about my passion and now I want to share it. So I want everybody to be able to get that song for free. That's awesome. So you mentioned a little bit the GeoCoin Fest that was in London. That was in, was that 2019? Uh, 2019. It was actually up in uh, Manchester, uh, the north of England. Um, yes. And that was, uh, and again, another, like we say, aspect of Geo. There was, this is a whole festival for people that are very, very passionate about the coins. I mean, it really is a festival about, I mean, it's kind of about geocaching in general, but it really is a, 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 about people who really are um, dedicated to crafting and designing and trading and collecting coins. Uh, and so that came about because there was a guy who was in charge, him and his buddy were in charge of this festival. And he really, really, really wanted to be the guy that, caused the first full band travel bugs concert to happen because up to that point <laughs> i only played as a solo you know acoustic and he really wanted that and, and i kept telling him i'm like i don't know how we're going to do this and he was just a bulldog about it he he just i'm going to get a stage i'm going to get a sound system and i'm like yeah but you know i'm just one musician and next thing you know i get like a email from some dude named hans in belgium saying, I'm your drummer. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so we practiced over the internet, sending videos back and forth. Like I would literally go take one of my songs and I'd do a video showing them how to play it. Like, hi, I'm Steve and here's how you play it. Hey, <laughs> and then they would go and craft a, uh, a, a band version of it that they could play. And sometimes it was as close to the album as they could get. And sometimes they just had, I said, take liberty if you want to. So they'd be like, we're going to make, uh, like when they do found it, they make the chorus reggae. They just go into it. They're like, we want to do a reggae oh. here. So they just like, they had fun with it. And then they would send me their version back with no vocals so I could practice with them. To this, okay. You know, so I would practice. I'd be in my living room playing along to this, you know, MP3 of them playing my song that I had taught them. And then we literally... Like I got to Manchester first and I played a set of just non-geocaching music, just like sort of cover tunes and just to entertain the crowd. I did a couple teaser geocaching songs, but mostly I was just playing, you know, singer songwriter cover tunes. And then the Belgians were driving as, you know, they had driven, <laughs> putting their van on the train to the channel, channel or whatever. And they were, and they arrived like right as I finished. And it was like, hello, nice to meet you. And then we started playing. Was, oh, wow. We, we, we kind of played cold. It was very, it was one of the more unique music experiences projects that I've worked on. And, you know, and we've, be, we've since become fast friends. I mean, me and that, those guys are so, yeah, it's really, really nice. That's awesome. So you, by the, when you finally got to play, you basically introduced each other and then just dove into it. It was pretty much like that. Like they came in and they were frantic because they were trying to figure out where to park their van and they had to load it. And 
a drum set and stuff, you know, and, and, and I, and I had had video chats with them. I mean, it wasn't like we had, right. this was the first time we had ever been in the same room together. And, and it was pretty much, they set up, I helped them get set up and then we were off and running, you know, and, and I should really give them a plug too, because they also have a, a geocaching music band. Their approach is slightly different. Uh, they don't do original tunes. What they do is they do parodies of popular music where they change the lyrics to be about geocaching. Oh, so they'll that's take, fun. Yeah, it's super fun. They, they'll do like, um, the one I love of theirs is called, uh, you know, it's Video Killed the, the Radio Star. You know, that's yes. They do Pokemon Killed the Geocache Star. <laughs> and, so they just, they, and they've got a whole um, sort of anthology of these wonderful parodies that they do. And they're really, really top notch. I, I can't uh, speak highly enough of, about them. And they, and they just did me a solid just by learning all my songs. So they learned, they played two sets. They backed me up as a travel bugs. And then they went on also as, as they're called Bugsy Travels and the Ammo Boxes is, is the name of their band. And so they, you know, so they had to learn two sets of music, I guess, or at least have two sets of music prepared. Wow. That, that is just wild. That whole thing. <laughs> That's pretty it, it, cool. I mean, it really is of all I've worked on a lot of really interesting music projects, but that was really one of the most interesting and most rewarding. I mean, just developed some friendships. We played at the Geocoin Fest in the big convention center. And then later that night they had an after party uh in a pub in Manchester, <laughs> the old Nags Head pub. And we we did it again. We just played, we went, we went, did the whole thing again. And that was a real blast. I mean, getting to play in a Manchester pub and it was a smaller crowd that was really, you know, in the convention center, everybody's there for the geocoins and they're listening to you or whatever, but in the pub, they're there for the music. So it was kind of, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. So I believe you are booked for the upcoming 20th celebration that we have been waiting for, <laughs> for however many years at this point yes. <laughs> for two years. So that's, in August, correct? Correct. In Seattle, Washington. Yes. And that's GC code GC896PK for anybody that wants to check that out. What can we expect to see from the travel bugs there? Are we going to have a full band set worked out? Is Bugsy coming over across the pond to hang out? Or what's, what's going on? What can you tell me? Yes. The, the guys from Belgium, Bugsy Travels, is coming. That's awesome. They, they're coming and they're going to back me up as the travel bugs. One of their band members couldn't come. And so kind of to thank them for supporting me last time, I'm going to sit in and be an ammo box for their set. So they're going to, you know, they're going to you know, um, get my songs back up on their, they've already had learned them before, but it's probably been a while since they've played. It's been a few years. Um, and then I'm going to learn the guitar parts and I'll be an ammo box for a day and there'll be travel bugs for a day. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it should, it should be a lot, a lot of fun. I'm, you know, looking forward and we have been waiting because it was supposed to be 2020 and then, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, lovely COVID came and yeah. And so, and then they delayed it and they delayed it again and they're very excited because they've, you know, for them, they've never played in the States. And, oh. and I think a couple of them may have never even been to the States. So this is a really exciting thing for them. And I'm excited for them and to get to see them again. And 
to play, you know, to it, it, it's, it's rare that I get to do these geocaching gigs. So super exciting to have that. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So speaking of gigs, your website says that you can be booked as solo band or virtual. Yes. So pretty clear on how solo works. That's yes. just you. When you do a band, it, I'm guessing it's not always Bugsy in the ammo cans. Well, it is. It has always been them okay. because there's only been one full band concert. And, okay. And, um, but you know, I, I still have this like secret dream that I'm going to get to go over and play in Belgium, or that someone's going to bring them over again for other things. So I do like playing with those guys. Um, but you know, if if there was other musicians that you know, it, it could happen again. Of, um, they know all my songs. So really when I say full band, I'm thinking, yes, maybe I can play with, <laughs> with Hans and, 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 and Peter and Nico again. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's, I, I, I put it out there. You know, the big thing is Amy, you know, you probably learned this with your, uh, podcast and everything. You kind of have to just be open to ideas and see, yep. see what comes. I mean, so I, I was doubtful when the guy called me and said, I want you to play in Manchester, England. I was like, that's never going to work. Are you kidding me? How, <laughs> how's that going to work? You know? And, but if you just keep your mind open and you're like, okay, I'll, I'm willing to collaborate with people and work. So yes, I, I like playing as a full band. How does that happen? You know, we'll see when someone calls <laughs> and says, I'd like to book the travel bugs as a full band. And then the virtual is because I have done, a, you know, because of COVID I've done some uh, virtual uh, concerts and um, most notably, um, there it was called CashCon. That was put on. Do you know Gary? Yes. Uh, Gary Worldwide CashCon. I there was the year that it went virtual. Uh, I did a. They had their. It was all day long thing, right? Twenty four hours, I think, or some really long. It was really thing. long, and then it was oh. all on YouTube, if I remember right, and then they. I don't know how they did it. They're video wizards that is beyond me, but they were able yeah. to do the bookmarking so you could jump to the different parts if you just wanted to check out certain things. And it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and I, and I wrapped up that with a, I think it was the full, it was acoustic. I was in my little wood shop with my guitar and did a full concert for that to wrap up, uh, you know, bring the, which was really fun because I was really worried about live sound and stuff and once something goes wrong with my internet connection is not good so i i, I really pre-recorded it i said i'm going to pre-record it but oh. show it back so i pre-recorded this concert but it's it was for them i mean i'm talking about them and i'm um and uh it also allowed me so to do a duet with one of the belgians jan who is the lead singer and guitarist for that band we did a i have a single it's not on the album called The Worst Casher. It's about the worst casher in the world. And it's sort of like an Irish drinking song. That's sort of the genre, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and we, when we did it in Manchester, we just, we didn't do the full band. We just, the two of us got up there with acoustic guitars and did it. And it was so much fun. And everybody loved it. And I said, Dion, do you want to do this for this cash con? So, and again, it was really hard because we can't really do it live. That doesn't work that way. The delay and everything. So I had to record my part as if he was with me and then send him the video and then he played along with me and then I took the video and put us in a split screen so we're together 
but we're, you know, okay. we're talking to each other. So, Jan, what do you think? Well, you know, it, it was all sort of scripted out, but, um, but it was a lot of fun. And um, by doing that, the unexpected, really fun thing that I had was because I wasn't actually playing it live, I could just be on the event YouTube feed commenting. People were asking questions and I could talk to people, you know. Okay. That was, that was an unexpected benefit was that as I'm playing, since it was pre-recorded, people could ask questions and I could answer questions and stuff. And there was like side conversations going on. That was a lot of fun to do that. That's cool. Was it weird watching yourself perform while you were fielding questions? A, a little bit. Because I mean, <laughs> you're tempted like, oh, I could have done that better. I could, you know, you're mostly critiquing yourself, you know, like, oh, I, I should have, you know, done whatever. But um, yeah, that was a very good, very fun. And everyone was in a really good mood. I think that event had gone very well and people had had a good time. And as people were coming online as morning, you know, it's like, oh, the Australians are online. It's, you know, now it's daytime over there. People had dropped off. Yeah. Sleep, gotten back up and got back on. And so it was just like people were just joining. People were just really in the mood to um, say celebrate, but uh, sort of recognize that they had had a good time. Everybody was just talking about what a great time they had. And they were complimenting this section or that section and the music and everything. So it was very fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was, it was a, everything I heard. I've watched I didn't watch so much of it live, but I watched a lot of the the YouTube with the bookends and everything is just all the comments I saw, everybody that I've heard talk about it, it was just all positive. The the event itself was very positive and it was definitely during a time when we all needed that for sure. Yeah, that yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you're you're right. And again, that gets back to like kind of one of the things I like about geocaching is most of most everything I deal with in geocaching is positive. I mean, that, you know, that's a nice, it's, I don't know. It just, it seems like I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not naive. I'm not trying to, you know, give a you know, advertiser for cheek, but you know, I've dealt with a lot of people in events and interviewing on podcasts and everybody, I mean, you're doing this podcast because you're passionate about it and you're happy. You wouldn't do it if you weren't. And so there's always a positive energy behind whatever's happening. Yeah. Because if, if, if you weren't enjoying it, you would stop. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel like it, the only reason it happens is because everybody's enjoying doing it and you can feel that. Yeah. And if you're not enjoying it, then you need to take a step back and right. rethink things. And... <laughs> so is there new songs and new album in the work for the travel bugs? There are. I've been, what I've been doing is because uh, it's kind of hard sometimes to prioritize uh, geocaching music as a working musician, you know, there's always something that takes precedent. Like, okay. Right. I need to work on this because, um, but as I do write songs and record them, the thought is that someday when I have enough of them complete, I'll compile them again into another uh, CD. But there's, um, you know, Fiona finds an earth cache. There's the worst cacher. I am currently working on one that um, will have a guitar solo from one of the Bugsy guys. Again, I'm always looking for ways to collaborate with them. Um, uh, called 100 caches in a day. It's going to be this just speed <laughs> you know, thing, just rattling about someone who's trying to get 100 caches in 24 hours. I have a feeling um, that's going to be a very upbeat yes. tune, won't it? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a uh, very fast tempo and upbeat. And, um, and then um, working on a song called It's Mega, 
um, about a uh, about a mega event about that trying to, and now when I'm trying to capture the feeling um, that event organizers must have when they kick okay. off an event and they know at the moment it goes mega, that's got to be like a good feeling. Like we just we got a thousand people. That's a big deal, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to capture that in a song, like that moment when you're like, "Oh, it's mega! We just went mega." Um, and I have a two two other songs I haven't started. Again, it's hard to make uh, priorities of them, but uh, I have a right. idea for a song. I married a muggle. <laughs> a lot of us could relate to that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that would be kind of a fun one. So that was that would I, be. And I always like try to keep my ear to the ground. Like, what do people want to hear? I'm really trying to write for a community of people, not, you know, I'm not driving it. Sometimes I'm like, well, I want to write the songs that you want to hear sort of thing, you know? Right. So um, sometimes when I geocache, there's a little bit of research in there. Sometimes I'll be like, I'm not really into whatever kind of caches, but I'm going to go do that because I want to know what that's like. And because that's part of the ecosystem and I want to make sure it's represented. You know, there might be people out there really into that. They might want to hear that in a song or something. So what's the deal over there? Why? And like I say that, you know, I have done a lot of earth caches because I went and researched earth caches for a song. And now I'm like, I'm kind of, I've found quite a few of them now, you know, because I'm kind of into them. So. Do you have a favorite cache type? Ooh, I like, <laughs> you, you know, I really, really like when someone puts creativity into like the container yeah, and makes it camel. Like, I love when you're looking right at it, you can't see it. And I don't mean because it's tiny or something. I mean, because it looks like a lamp or something, you know, I mean. Because it just blends in with everything. Because I, I, re- I know they put effort, I know that the cash owner put effort and thought and creativity into it. And, yeah. And, and, and when you see it, you're like. I can't believe my favorite is, and this has happened to me a couple of times when I'm touching it and don't even know it. Really? When your hand is on it and you're like, you, you didn't even realize it was a cash. It is so well uh, blended in with its, you know, environment that you don't realize you've, you've touched it like three times and you, <laughs> you don't know that's the cash. I just think that I, that is one of my one of my favorite types I, I i do like puzzle caches but very specifically the ones where you can put on your thinking cap roll up your sleeve sharpen your pencil and solve them i love mm-hmm. the you know like use using logic and and math and um i like those kind of puzzles i'm not as not as big of a fan of the ones where you just see some like well you've got to know some key in order to more like deciphering yeah i like the ones that are true like a big word problem or a math problem or you know something where you've got to sit down and just spend an evening like cranking through it and i do like those as well that's awesome well you have agreed to do the cash highlight for us this episode and the cash was called spoiler that's right and it was gc9 pk9j and it just so happens it's one of those mystery puzzle caches you were just it talking is. about. So what it can is. you tell us about this cache? What's well, a puzzle cache? I mean, I can't <laughs> tell you anything. <laughs> no. um, so I decided, you know, in my previous caching handle, which was with my family, we had planted a, a, a few caches. And one of them is still out there. Um, it's pretty remote and often a cross-country ski 
thing. And so it doesn't get found often, but as a result, it survived a long time. Um, so, but as the travel bugs handle, I've released a lot of travel bugs, as you would imagine. Um, but I had never planted a cache. I realized I've never really planted a cache as the travel bugs. So I thought I kind of owe it, you know, for all, all the people that are out there planting stuff so that I can find it. I feel like I need to plant a few. Um, and so I decided I'm going to plant some caches that are themed on so on the songs. And uh, so the first one uh, I chose was Spoiler. It is a puzzle cache because the puzzle is a spoiler, spoiler photo. Just <laughs> yeah, I went to the cache page and looked at it and I laughed what I what I saw. Oh, did what you? was in the photo of okay, the red herring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I figured some, some people will get that, but yeah, it's yeah, uh, I got I got a chuckle out of that one. I was like, oh, that's that's lovely. The photo is a red herring itself. <laughs> yeah. And I had to ask uh someone who is a much more seasoned geocacher than I was. I put the puzzle, a prototype of it out and said, go, go solve this and tell me what the difficulty is. Cause I, I didn't know. I thought, have I invented a new puzzle or has someone already done this or whatever? Mm -hmm. And I thought, Ooh, this is new and unique. And he was like, yeah, this isn't that new. And actually, <laughs> you, and actually you were pretty kind. Like you know, so, so it is, it is a difficulty too. It isn't the hardest puzzle on the planet but i but you know I, it's fine i want people to find it so so when they find it is the con I, I don't want you to give too much away but is the container something unexpected uh no no not really it's i mean it does say spoiler on it i did a little video <laughs> where doing the, the the video no it's a pretty uh standard um urban hide um okay the the, the find itself is not it's not anything different. It was really the puzzle. I wanted to do a puzzle where the, where the puzzle was an image, like a spoiler image. So I wanted to kind of do a nod towards that song. And the next one, I'm, I'm working on one to plan. I'm just trying to find a location. Um, I want to do one for um, The Worst Casher, which is the single I was talking about that's mm -hmm. not actually on the album. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to work in DNFs into it. Oh. At first, I thought, I thought like, how about a challenge cache where you have to have a certain number of DNFs? But I was told by someone that might not be cool. You know, like that might not be allowed by the rules for some reason because you encourage people to go out and log DNFs and yeah. skew the stats and stuff. So I'm trying to think. I'm thinking I could either do it where you say, oh, you just have to have at least one DNF and it won't really skew stats. Maybe they'll approve that. Everybody has one D. Or what might be even better is, in order to log the cache, you have to share uh, your favorite DNF story. Share, share a, your log has to be a post where you talk about some time that you didn't find something and why, you know, the special. And then, you know, and then, and then, because it's all about the song, The Worst Cacher is about a guy who's cached for 20 years and has never found a single cache. Oh. <laughs> so, and it's sort of like I say, an Irish country song. So I'm also thinking I want to put it somewhere near a craft beer establishment so people can go maybe raise a glass afterwards or something like that. So there you um, go. yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to have fun with it. I want to put some creativity into it so people hopefully enjoy it, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think how that would work with a challenge cash. And cause I, there has to be, 
there's a rule that there has to be a checker now. Yes, I believe so. So Can I that be checked. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, at first, <laughs> I thought I thought you know all these challenge caches are rewarding you for positive numbers, right? You know. Yeah. I was like, I want to reward the people who are honest, who like log their, you know, like <laughs> like I think if you don't find it, you should log it. You know, you should, you know. And so, um, but then, like I said, someone was telling me they said, well. This might not be allowed because you might get people who say, well, I'll like, let's say I made it under DNS. There might be someone who's like, all right, I'm just going to go pick a hundred caches that I have no intention of finding and log DNS just so I can get this challenge cache. And I don't want to mm. skew stats or make suddenly people are like, why is everybody not following, finding my cache? You know, yeah. I don't want to cause that. I don't cause trouble. I just, I want to make it fun, <laughs> but I don't, I don't. So I thought if I made it small enough that everybody would qualify, like if you haven't logged one DNF, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you geocache long enough, and everybody's gonna have at least one at some point. Right. It's just, right. did you log it or not? Is the question. <laughs> yeah. So, or like I said, I could just make it where people could share stories. Maybe put a big a journal in it, and you write your DNF story. Oh, that would be neat. So people find the the cash they can like read back through other people's horror stories you know <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting to see i'm sure there would be a lot of interesting stories oh yeah yeah given enough time there would definitely you can sometimes those are, book. <laughs> yeah sometimes those are more um more interesting than the stories of finding something you know yeah find that you didn't find it for some bizarre reason you know yeah, that would be interesting. I wish you luck figuring that out. That I hope you I hope you find a way to make that work because I I love the the kind of twist that that puts to it. It's just little, you know. It's something that we all deal with. And nobody wants to talk about. It's the elephant in yeah. the room, but we're gonna sweep yeah. it under the rug and hope nobody can <laughs> see that giant thing under the rug. And, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, pretty it's, awesome. It's, it's embarrassing. I mean, I have to say, I'm sometimes so embarrassed when you when you see a cache and all the logs are like, oh, easy find, it's so easy, it's this, you know, and you and you can't find it. Oh and yeah. Like, and you're like, well, obviously it got muggled. And then the next day, someone finds it, easy find, easy find. And you're like, oh, like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I've been there, and it's like, how did I not find this? What do you mean it was right there? I searched that spot <laughs> 10 times. I spent I 20 minutes searching that spot. It was not there, I swear. Yeah, I know, exactly. And then you walk up to the one that's supposed to be a difficulty five and like, oh, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> like you just see it. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> trying to gauge that difficulty is always interesting. And I know some, I've, I've seen some threads on Facebook where people get frustrated when the difficulty level of a cache gets tweaked because then it messes with that DT grid. Oh, they're like, trying to complete that challenge. But it's I like, guess well, I, I guess it, I have a question. I don't even know this. I'm actually asking this in reality. <laughs> like if you find a cache that's let's say a three three, mm -hmm. and then a month later the cache owner goes, Yeah, this is really a three two, they change it. Does your stat change or did you log a three three? I don't know how that works. I think it changes the stats because I have seen people um, that come up and say, hey, I've gotten this new, like in the GC, um, Project GC tracker, because 
uh, some county line, I forget where it was, but some county lines got tweaked. Oh. And in the GC tracker, at least on Project GC, it recognized that and it goofed oh up some people's county maps that were trying to count counties. And they suddenly didn't have a county that they had found because the line was like moved by like 50 feet or something on the map or whatever it ended up being. Okay, Amy, you and I are going to coin a phrase. It's ours. <laughs> we're going to call it geomandering. <laughs> that's our that's our phrase for that. Start, I like it. You start you start geomandering with county lines to improve your stats. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard some people. I've I've heard seen post on Facebook. Somebody comes up with, um, I've never been to this state. Why do I suddenly have the geocache souvenir in this state? Well, apparently your geocache moved because it was like oh. right along the, the state line oh, and wow. they relocated the coordinates that's interesting yeah i i don't every now and then i see people are like hey this is why am i getting this this is weird and, wow. and it seems to be because a cache coordinate has been updated or something with a map has been updated so sure. i think if you change the dt i think it would affect stats i didn't know that i i had never really thought of that until you said that i was like i wonder how that works yeah, I couldn't, there was, I saw one and somebody was just venting, you know, they weren't being belligerent or anything, but somebody was just venting on Facebook about the cash they had found to fill in something on their fizzy grid. They're like, it changed and now it doesn't work. And it's like, why do people do this? And it's like, well, if it's a new cash and they're trying to figure it out, I can't say yeah. I blame them for doing it, but I can yeah. understand you getting frustrated because you've had and it that is, for a reason. It's kind of subjective, so it is a self-correcting thing. I, I like in my case, like I said, I ran it by someone because I was like, I don't know, I really don't. Yeah. Know. Maybe I've created a puzzle that's so hard people are going to hate me, or maybe it's easy. I just really didn't know, and so I asked someone who had seen a lot of caches and then get a little bit of level setting there. But yeah, if you don't know, especially, you know, if you have found eight thousand caches, ten thousand caches, whatever, certain things are just easy that someone who's found a hundred caches is saying that's I, I, that was really really hard i mean yeah. honest honestly the honest truth is the very first time i ran into a lamppost cache i didn't find it because i didn't understand it yeah i didn't i did that and, and you know now that's and i'm like how can they be calling this a one or whatever yeah. or one five? and i'm like and i looked i've looked everywhere i did not understand that you could lift up the skirt you know and see the the, I, and so the first time you see anything, it's hard. And then you're like, okay, that's in my bag of tricks now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, we hit one last year. We'd just been driving. It's like, let's, we got to stop here, do whatever. Oh, there's a cash here in the parking lot. Let, let me grab it. And it was, you know, LPC. It's like at a shopping center and I'm looking at the logs and it's so mixed on found it, didn't find it, found it real easy. We took an hour to figure this out. It was like, oh, this must be a hot spot for new cashers because there, it is so mixed right. on, yeah. on it. And I just walked up and lifted it up, grabbed it, signed it all right. good. But it's like, it reminded me of like, yeah, if you haven't done it before, it is not an easy one to figure out. And it's an epiphany when you do, you're like, oh. <gasps> It is. Oh. <laughs> it really is. It's like, am I, I allowed to do this? Like, I know. This rattles. I, Can I do this? Like, am I going to get in trouble for lifting this thing up? The, the, you're suddenly you're like, oh, this changes everything. Yeah. Oh, I have to start does. looking everywhere. <laughs>
<laughs> it really does. It's yeah. like when you, when you learn things about geocaching, it's just like sometimes that light bulb goes off and it's like, oh, okay, now yeah. this makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I'm in, I'm on the secret now, you know? Yeah. Like when you see somebody say something about, you know, it's in the geocacher's favorite tree. Well, you've been around long yeah. enough, you know, that's a pine tree or some right. kind of evergreen yeah. tree. Yeah, exactly. If you're new to it. You're going, what? How do I know what their favorite tree how, is? Yeah. How do I know? Like, what's a geocache? Like, what kind of riddle is this? Like, how do yeah. I know what their favorite tree is? Why is this a hint? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that the stuff you learn and then you kind of take for granted after you've been in it for a while and then you're like yeah. oh yeah you know what for someone i had to learn it's... that too oh, yeah yeah no absolutely and i'm like i say i've <clears throat> i'm still in the hundreds right so there's still a lot i don't know things that i'm like okay well obviously i'm not in on there's a few secrets i'm not in on yet you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm under 300, so I'm I'm with you yeah. there still. I think yeah, we got like two, yeah. I don't know, 250 something or whatever. It's like, yeah, uh, there's a lot for me to learn. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's it's also fun too because because it is that moment of epiphany, you know. And then you're like, oh, yeah, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, it is. It is. And then, you know, with like the DT level, it's like one of those things of when the description says easy find well of course it's easy you hit it you know where it is it better be easy for you to go find it it's your cash yeah, yeah exactly there's yeah. always that perspective and it makes it hard to set the difficulty level when it's like oh yeah this should be a two well yeah, yeah you place the cash there so exactly yeah and it's and it's it really is relative to your caching experience and stuff and you know again there's people that have found I don't even know who's what the highest number is, but probably I know there's tens of thousands people that yeah. found tens of thousands. There might be hundreds of thousands. I don't know, but um, I mean that's kind of like I've seen it all almost. Like it probably takes a lot to like get that person like to have to look for a while. Yeah, if if you're if you've got tens of thousands of caches, you uh, you probably probably got to get it pretty quickly for the most part. You've seen quite a bit and but it it is interesting what it'll eventually stump you <laughs> absolutely well steve thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and talking with me today about your band and your music and thank you so much it's been very entertaining i can't wait for the next album to come out yeah yeah thank you amy thanks for having me on i really really enjoyed being on and and uh hearing about your experiences and yeah and yeah wonderful thank you thank you for listening to geocache adventures i hope you enjoyed this episode have you heard of ftf magazine it's the magazine for geocachers filled with articles and snippets sent in by geocachers just like you i'm a subscriber myself and i love it check them out today at ftfgeo.com and tell them shadow dragon one sent you would you like to be a guest on a show or have a topic you'd like to hear covered? Reach out and let me know. Just go to the geocacheadventures.org website and click on the contact page to reach out. <laughs>